Williams. Sean and Guy spilling the beans on the stories of the day. Two ordinary guys saying ordinary things, proud to be called Riff Raff. So that's news about the Riff Raff, from the Riff Raff, to the Riff Raff. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Guy. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Sean. How are you? Well, uh, uh, we're bathed in snow. I think you might be in oh. your neck of the woods as well. It's thawed. We did, we had it yesterday, but it's gone. Oh, crikey. So did you get the uh, sleds out? Were you sort of... No, but we got the grit out. We got... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you can move around uh, up, up in the, those neck of Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, oh. It was a little bit chilly in first thing in the morning but no i'm looking out here and i can't see any snow on the rooftops or oh. on the ground so oh well, that's gone. good is that but you're a, a bit more inland aren't you so yeah a little bit yeah did you have the council round to do that or did you do that all all yourself no um there was me a wheelbarrow and yvonne uh, <laughs> and we got we got a grip box by the, just, by the yeah just got this vision of you pushing a wheelbarrow full of grit and Yvonne with a big sack <laughs> all right down the street. <laughs> good to keep no. her on her, on her toes, though. No, I did invite the council once to grit uh, the drive and they said, no, you've got to do it yourself. So oh. <laughs> there we are. That was that. Oh. No, we've, we've still got quite a quite a dusting of it here. I think on the main roads it's all right. I've... Um, sent Jude off to do the shopping today so she'll know oh, that's good of you yeah yeah, yeah. come out the house you know anyway so um what's um what's caught your eye in the last few days what's on the agenda I think a couple of, on the agenda today I think two big things um one is the strikes mm. and you know what what are we heading into in the next few weeks yeah and the second thing is uh we we really ought to talk about a little bit about England football team mm. painful though it is and I thought we could think about what should the manager do what's next yeah yeah absolutely I think that's a that's a topic of conversation in every pub and household around the country at the moment I think isn't yeah it? for those people who like football it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> for those who don't like football <laughs> for those who don't well, so let, let, let's kick off then. Yeah, uh, um, I think you were mentioning earlier we could we could do a bit of bit of bingo in terms strikes of strikes bingo, strikes bingo. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Without any notes or web pages open, I, I thought, well, let's just try and can we between us, yeah, identify all those organisations of scale mm. that are about to have a strike or at least have balloted to have one. So, if if I go first, yeah. I'll, I'll pick the easy one. Yeah. and say the nurses the nurses and, yeah. and I'll counter you with um, uh, Mr Lynch and the RMT okay and then I'll I'll have uh, ambulance drivers a uh, new, uh, newcomer the Ooh. border force yes border force um, here's one for you driving instructors driving instructors yeah yeah um now, who else is there? I'm getting we're getting down to the nitty gritty now, aren't we? Really? Um, yeah, I, I, I can you it? think of any others? Uh, the only other one, which is I think you've sort of covered, but didn't Eurostar? Eurostar? Oh yeah, Eurostar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's I mean that's enough to be going on with, isn't it? I'm sure we haven't got them all, to be honest. But I, I think so. But, I think there are a few others as well. I think there, there's some. There was another big one coming out. There, there, not 
the teachers are on strike in in Scotland, are they? Are they? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. No. But um, yeah, so I think you think you're right. I think the I mean the big one that's um, coming to the fall this week is yep. is the nurses, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, Thursday, isn't it? In not everywhere. No. Um, but in a certain amount of hospitals. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously, it's, it's historic because it's the first time the profession has ever gone on strike. Mm. So it's huge. Yeah. 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 It's, and at the moment, and I know you've got some info on this, but the the demand is essentially inflation plus five percent from memory. Yeah. From from a pay point of view, I know there's other issues, but. Uh, which would be 15 16% depending on how you're measuring it mm. so yeah that's quite that's quite a high demand it's quite it's quite a lot isn't it and um i think the um from my recollection the 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 government have come in at um 3 or 4% somewhere around that yep. that level from the independent pay review body yep and and the one of the major arguments that the nurses have made is that over the last 10 years, mm. uh, they've had pay increases that have left them in real terms with a, with a 20% reduction in their, in their salaries. So um, they've, they've got a reasonable argument there, but yeah. I, I think what's probably interesting at the moment is the General Secretary of, of the RCN, the Royal College of Nursing, a lady called Pat Cullen, Yep. has thrown down the gauntlet over the weekend to, to Steve Baker, who's the yep. uh, health secretary, and said that they will call off the strikes if um, or suspend any any further industrial action if he'll come to the negotiating table. Uh, as far as I'm aware, unless you know differently, they point blank refuse to do that. Well, the, the, they're consistent, aren't they? And they've done the same with rail in saying that um, it's not government's job to sit around the negotiating table. That's the job of the managers of, in this case, um, mm. uh, the nursing, the nurses. So NHS managers, uh, it's their job. Uh, uh, and uh, what I'd heard is Barclay saying that it would undermine them if he uh, called uh, Pat Connell or, or anyone else uh, sort of to a meeting. Mm. So it really is um, a bit of stalemate. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a position that you could understand they're taking. Were they not to be inextricably linked with the negotiations? I I, I think government ministers and for that matter opposition. Um, spokesman, if if they they don't want to be drawn in, then they shouldn't be making pronouncements to the media and and the like. They should stay well clear of it and say the whole thing is a matter. You know, we're not we're not going to make any judgments on it. The whole thing is a matter for the um, employers uh, and and the unions to sort out. But they don't, do they? They want to make political capital out of it, one way or the other. And then they get a bit uppity when they're drawn into negotiations because it's the argument I think that the RCN is making again similar argument to that that's being made by the RMT in the in the train dispute is that the government behind the scenes uh, have got hold of the purse strings and are effectively um, conducting the negotiations by proxy. 
Yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? It's a negotiation stance, isn't it? It's, if you suddenly become the negotiator around the table, there's nowhere else to go. Mm. Whereas at the moment, allowing the NHS managers to run the negotiations, there there's still another point of escalation, isn't there? Mm. But that probably works where we are today. But I do wonder whether when we get to Wednesday morning, whether... Um, pressure will be brought to bear from even the Prime Minister mm. to say, look, come on, we we cannot let nurses go on strike No, uh, at this time of year, particularly with even the weather conditions. You can imagine um, just any number of accidents and injuries mm. taking place every day. Um, so that my prediction is that some there'll be some movement in one form or another on Wednesday morning. Well, it'd be very surprising if there wasn't, wouldn't it? I mean, they, they, they've only, from what I can see, they've only got to agree to sit down with them yep. and talk pay for them to call off the action. I don't think the British public would forgive them if they took that stance that we're not going to have any any talks with them whatsoever. I think that would... No, most people aren't that close or maybe even interested in that level of detail, are they? Well, the, the general public will just see nurses going on strike and in short term they'll support them won't they mm. we all stood on our doorsteps and clapped mm. uh, during the pandemic and you know obviously they're right up there in terms of public opinion mm. um, but the, Scot the Scots have uh, solved it haven't they because you, you looked at that didn't you they have yeah yeah and I think their their average is between six and seven percent and they've come to an agreement yep. on that and if if you were looking for a conciliatory way out of this dispute as the government down here, you'd be looking to match that. I think it'd be hard for the RCN to reject an offer that they've accepted north of the border, south of the border. Yeah. And it would just it would just need so all the talk of, you know, what you were earlier on, the, the negotiating stance of the claim that they put in somewhere between sixteen and seventeen percent. Yeah. They would accept far less than that. I think so. But I think it needs I mean it would help if if Steve Barkley came to the table um, and and then they had that um, that um, agreement come to the fore. I think that would be that would you know be seen as a move in the right direction. But um, yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's a strange situation, isn't it? I, I mean, I heard him fairly recently this morning on the television talking about how if if they met. Uh, the nurses claim for 16, 17% that it would mean that people would have to wait longer for their operations because they wouldn't be able to um, get get the necessary staff in and they wouldn't be able to use that money to improve the service, which again, what we were talking about just now, if, if you're really allowing employers to negotiate in terms of paying conditions, that shouldn't be an issue that he should be talking about now he should be saying that's a matter for them to sort out as to how they spend their budget whether that be spent on one thing or another not for him to intervene and 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 you know you can't have it both ways that's the way i feel about it yeah i think if you add i don't know how many millions or billions a settlement along the lines of the scottish settlement would add but either way it won't be with any new money from the Chancellor because the Chancellor's already had his autumn, sta autumn statement, hasn't he? So, mm. 
So that's what he will be saying to the health secretary is that's what you've got. Mm. So I guess that's why health secretary said, yes, well, that will just mean less money for um, operations and other services. But uh, as it stands, you know, there's 100,000 vacancies, isn't there, in the NHS? There are, yeah. And, and that's only going to get worse if we don't pay people a fair wage. Because mm. a young... A young nurse starting out after qualifications on twenty-seven thousand, isn't it? Mm. Which, which um, I mentioned this before, but as a comparator, if you take um, uh, a civil engineer, and I know this because my my, my son's just graduated, he started on twenty-eight thousand. Mm. So, as a comparator, it's fair. You could argue that, you know the responsibility of a nurse is far greater um, but but it still feels a little bit on the low side doesn't it at the starting level mm. for sure yeah yeah they need to encourage people into the industry don't they and, um, yeah and keep the people who they've got yeah yeah which is why I mean it's a, a broader picture here which is why um, we can almost take the conversation back to why we've got these shortages and, and yeah. how how Brexit because we were bringing in a lot of people from Eastern Europe to fill holes weren't we and for that matter from abroad elsewhere to fill holes with regard to yeah we always have done yeah there yeah. a lot of um, I know from my other half's experience there are a lot of people in social care from the Philippines uh, in this country mm -hmm. and I think the NHS actually used to send people to the Philippines to uh, effectively um, headhunt people to come and work in social social care in this country which um, isn't good really for the for for those countries that have got their own social care problems but um, I suppose that happens the world over so if I put you on the spot then and say you are Stephen Barclay yeah what what would you be prepared to do uh, in this or what would you do if you're where we are today and you've heard uh, Pat Cullen's offer mm. what would you do I think I I would sit down I, I think politically you could do nothing other than than compromise because that's what she's been seen to do is compromise isn't it and that would at least get us over the immediate catastrophe of strike action from Thursday, yeah, and I think I'd be working with the um, with the management team at the health service to get somewhere near what's been agreed in Scotland. Yeah, because I think that you know that's I think that's inevitable that they'd have to settle for that. Yeah, I, I don't think they'd be be uh, so. Yeah, I think these things are resolvable. Especially with the uh, uh, with the nurses, I think they they need to because they, they you quite rightly point out they're not um, they've not got the government haven't got the public on board with regard to the nurses. So um, we shall see we shall see what happens. Okay. What would so you what would you do? I, I would do that? something yeah. very similar. I would say, look, we've got to solve this. Uh, I'm encouraging you to match this Scottish offer. Mm. Um, if to bring that get that across the line um, that would mean um, 
me having to attend a meeting with you, happy to do that. But the difference between what we've got in the budget and the extra money has to be found from within the NHS. So, yeah, I, I think um, one of the other interesting things that are happening with regard to the industrial action is um, they've convened a meeting of COBRA. Right. Um, which always, I always used to think that COBRA was something very exotic, like a James Bond film or something yeah. like that. It's nothing like that at all, is it? I mean, it's Committee Office Briefing Room A. You're very is, well informed, John. I would never have known that. Did you not know that? I oh, yeah. Oh, OK. I'm sure that they wanted you to think, you know, they, I mean, the image, isn't it? Cobra, there's a, whenever there's an emergency, they call up Cobra and there's a, <laughs> a, a snake spitting back, albeit that we haven't really got much of an army to spit back with. I think we've, we've shipped most of our munitions to Ukraine in the last few months, haven't we? We so, have. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to know how they think they're going to fill... Uh, those positions that, mm. or that those jobs uh, those people that are going on strike with, with the army are you any thoughts on that? Uh, only I've heard that um, the army are offering up 750 personnel with five days training mm. to cover the ambulance drivers doesn't sound enough to me but uh, that the, so there's that mm. but I'm, whether they're just going to be driving or whether they're going to be administering sort of the care that a paramedic would do, mm. I, I'm not sure. Uh, and then, you know, border force, or well, crikey, um, that's that's thousands, isn't it? It's not, mm, I think so. Yeah, and then what, what, how does that work? So I don't, I'm, in an airport, these are the guys who sort of stand there looking at you, aren't they? As you go through passport <laughs> control and you always feel you've done something wrong. Yeah, yeah. And heaven forbid if you're or yours electronic passport photograph doesn't work mine never does by the way no, why is that then? i don't know do you look a bit dodgy is that do you think I, I think it's the the family reckon it's the size of my nose well. and that it, it in real life it looks a lot bigger than the photograph oh, so that's see. what they say so I, I, but honestly every time we go on a, a family holiday or not so much these days but you get to those readers i'm always the one who's yeah. holding everyone up because i have to go to the, <laughs> they anyway don't, they don't ask that question do they is that your real nose uh, they haven't done yet but they, <laughs> they may well do but the, the but i reckon I i'm not sure how how much training they need but they, they have to be trained don't they to look for people who are exhibiting suspicious tendencies and so forth mm. uh, so there you go yeah, no that'd be interesting i know they've been so I understand they've been in in airports for the last week, learning what these people do in preparation for for, oh, okay. for when that happens. As to the um, the ambulances, we had this once before, didn't we? The old green goddesses. Do you remember the old green goddesses? Fire engines. Yeah, yeah. That was when there was industrial action. When there was industrial action before, I think that's probably. I'm probably backing the Callahan era, wasn't it? Somewhere around those times. I think it was quite cute that we still had them. What if we still got them? Mm. The, the then and then because I think we were chuckling about this the other day. But will there be a green ambulance? Uh, <laughs> green in what sense? Well, the colour of it. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because would the army drive an ambulance ambulance or would they drive a yeah. military? Yeah 
ambulance? Well, interesting to know because they presumably the military ambulance they'd know um, where all the bits and pieces were, but they wouldn't necessarily <laughs> in a civilian ambulance. Like you mean like your steering wheel brake? <laughs> well, I mean if you're in the back, if you need your old defib and that type of thing, I, I presume yeah. you've got. Um, but then there's not going to be sufficient of those, is there, to be able to take the place of ambulances uh, all over the country? Uh, I, I suppose, it, probably not. I suppose if if you are, did you say it was Oliver Down who's organising this? I think so. Well, I think he's chairing it. I'm not sure. What is he? What's his department now? I don't think he's got a. He, he's oh, another crikey. one of these floaters, isn't he, Oliver? <laughs> <laughs> Seem to be quite a lot of floaters in the <laughs> one or two. But um, I just I just remember him sitting there. Was it him with a picture with this big flag yes. during the uh, during COVID? Yes, he was the um, culture minister, wasn't he? I believe. Oh, that's right. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but the thing, the thing is, you, you you've got what is our army? It's about seventy thousand, isn't it? Yeah. And obviously, a lot of them are on manoeuvres and overseas, mm. and you obviously have to have an army, army in case of need. Uh, so you think, well, 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 there won't be that many um, troops available to do this work. Uh, but I guess if you are the government you've got to have a contingency plan you can't just sort of say oh well that's a shame we'll see how it goes no you you you've got to do something haven't you so good that cobra is sitting but just really disappointing that it's the name of a room <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i'm afraid i've burst that bubble for millions yeah. of people yeah. well, millions yeah, you it? have yeah, yeah. but uh, no cabinet office briefing room a i mean they must have put it in briefing because Cabinet office briefing room B wouldn't work. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> not quite so dramatic. The meeting Cobra is meeting this afternoon, so yeah, right. yeah, how disappointing. So we shall see. I don't know whether they're going to announce what comes out of that. I don't know whether they'll have a um, some sort of press conference to tell us what they decided. Um, but there we are. Yeah. yeah so that we'll, yeah, we'll see so we shall see. But it's good that it's happening. Yeah. Uh, I wonder whether the Prime Minister will go because, of course, famously, our Prime Minister didn't go to the Covid ones. He'd had a better offer. No. But uh, there we are. So I guess, Sean, we should move on to uh, what is now 56 years of hurt. 56 uh, and, years. <laughs> and counting. And, and, and actually, it's more or less the number of years that you and I can remember yeah. of, uh, of supporting uh, Three Lions. And uh, the very disappointing... Uh, result um, the other evening and um, oh, I don't know I mean I I just I personally just felt it was inevitable yes that uh, I didn't quite see penalties working out the way they did no but it was just inevitable that we would be uh, oh so close but oh so far away um, and you know I think it, it it's it's interesting as to where England and the manager go go next. Mm. What what did you think? Yeah, I, I I'm afraid I felt the same as you. I was sitting in the front room alongside my other half, and, and when we when we came to the first penalty that Kane took, I I couldn't watch. I just turned away because I thought he was going to miss that, and I was 
pleasantly surprised when he didn't miss that. But then, then for, from an England perspective, it was almost inevitable that as he got that one, there'd have to be a second at some point <laughs> during the course of the match. And it, it just, um, psychologically, as you quite rightly say, I think we're all, we're all resigned to the fact that we're, we're never going to get that far nowadays, aren't we? We, we, of so many years, and I mean, the, the the song was quite funny when it first came out with thirty years of hurt, but to have gone on another that's no, twenty six. Yeah, it's just it, it's not funny anymore. It's um, well, it was. It's gone on so long. They re-recorded it, didn't they? They did. They've done another version this year, haven't they? I believe. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, they this one they this just year. keep recording. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they've added the the um, caveat in apart from the women. Apart from says, the, yeah, yeah, the, the ladies. One, the yeah. ladies have, uh, have yeah. been successful. I think it's entrenched the psychological position both in the country and within the team. And we've got a master strategist now, haven't we? Or we have had in respect of Southgate for a number of years. He's not the um, what I dismissively call the blood and guts style of some England managers of the past. Uh, I mean, <laughs> fortunately, there was only a short tenure for for Big Sam because I think that could have been a bit of a disaster. And then bless him, we had. Um, do I not like orange? Do you remember? No. <laughs> was Graham, Graham Taylor, Taylor, wasn't it? Was it Graham Taylor? Graham or? Taylor, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And who was um? Was it Graham Taylor that, that when we we lost to Sweden, wasn't it on the back yeah. page of the Sun? Swedes, Swedes two, Tulips one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. The yeah, the famous um, yeah illustration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I guess the the question is, isn't it that we we we'll leave others to dissect um, you mm. know, the quality of the performance on the night. But the the bigger picture question is is should um, Gareth Southgate stay, uh, and and if he doesn't choose to, because he's contracted until twenty twenty four the mm. Euros, um, do we have a candidate in mind to replace him so so let's deal with the first part of that if if you were the fa mm. um the the sort of board of the fa what what would you what would you be sort of coming to i suppose these are, should yeah. he stay or not i suppose these are again there's you can split that question in half can't you because uh, from what i can tell the fa are 100 percent behind him staying so given right. that that's the case it's a question of whether he wants to stay or whether he wants to go he's contracted for another Euros isn't he and, and then um, and then they, they review that's his it. contract yeah um, so I guess the question is if I if 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 it, if I were on the FA board I'd, yeah I'd, if, if it were yeah, you yeah I think I'd be looking for him to stay because I think he fits the criteria and fits the remit and and he has been to be fair to him probably our most successful manager um if not of all time um at least since bobby robson who took us to the semi-final in italia 90 and yeah, he did. back from bobby robson rolling back to um to sir elf um in 1966 so um he's he's got us to all 
all of the um, all of the major tournaments, hasn't he? And over the last three or four, we've been quite successful in historical terms. So I think, yeah, if I were on the FA board, I'd have him stay. Um, as to what his personal decision will be, have you any thoughts on on that? Do you think he'll want to stay? Um, well, you try and read between the lines, and, and I haven't read every word he said, and I haven't watched every interview he's given. Uh, but my sense was he he just sounded and looked a little bit tired mm. uh, uh, because the, the pressure of that job is ridiculously high, and. He's been doing it. Is it six years? Six years. Yeah, yeah, must be. Yeah, yeah. And there has to be a point where there's a tipping point where you say, "Look, I really can't go through this again." Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I'm sixty forty that that he he will he will say, "Look, thanks for the opportunity, but I think it's time for someone else now." And that's mm-hmm. always the best way to go, of course, yeah. on your terms. Leave him wanting and, more. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what his salary is. It's, it's a big decision as well because he'd be walking away from a, a fair fair amount of income if he was allowed to exit. Um, but then you would imagine that the FA would try and put him on some senior position within the FA because his experience, mm. um, That's not what just Gary as England was saying yesterday, wasn't it? I didn't hear that, but no, uh, yeah, yeah. his experience as England manager and before then as England manager with the younger teams uh, would be very valuable. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe I'm I'm slightly thoughtful that he might say that I've, I've done my best, mm. and I actually think he has. I think he he's, he's a hardworking guy and a, a decent person. Yeah. Um, and then the question is, if he does do that, who who else is out there? Yeah. And I think that's another reason the FA would want him to stay because if you want an English manager, yeah, my goodness, the choices are quite limited. Yeah, yeah. I, I an article I read this morning was talking about um, names that we were discussing. Uh, there was um, uh, our old friend Graham Potter. Oh, Mr. Potter. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then there was Eddie Eddie Howe at um, right. Uh, Newcastle, and they were also they also had in the frame Steve Cooper. Oh at, yes, uh, at Nottingham Forest. Nottingham course, Forest, yeah. yeah. But but in my eyes, they're all a bit inexperienced for the the England post. I mean, they're, they're all relative. I mean, they're relatively successful. I suppose the one with the most experience of the three would be Eddie Howe. But yeah, his his success in the sense that he's kept. For a period of time, he kept Bournemouth in the Premiership. He took. Did he take them up in the first place? I can't remember now. Um, he did. Yeah. So he, he took, brought them up and kept them there. And kept brought, them there. Brought them down and brought them back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he he's been around the longest, I guess. And and then you've got Potter, who's got a a record with predominantly with Brighton. He's been successful in Sweden as well, hasn't he? With um, Ustersund. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that rather than me. <laughs> um, yeah, with Ustersund. <laughs> That's best Swedish chef. Um, and, uh, and obviously Steve Cooper, I don't even know 
where Steve Cooper was before he was with Forest. But I think he was the uh, wasn't he England youth teams as well. Was it? So he's got but, he's got experience of the England setup then in that. In that yeah, they, I mean they're obviously all good guys, and certainly with Potter and Eddie Howe. And I hate to bring it back to money again, but you, you can imagine they're on huge contracts, mm. which would dwarf what the FA is happy to pay because the FA got burnt with um, what was his name the Italian fella Ca oh, uh, Ca Capello yeah. Yeah, yeah because they gave him some sort of five million pound a year contract and realised that probably wasn't the smartest move in the world no. so mon money will come into it the, I think who else I, I do struggle to see an English manager or even a British manager who would um, you know be be right for the role and therefore you say well who who do you go who isn't who you go for who isn't British and understands mm. the English game Thomas Tuke was available mm, I just I, I just yeah I think they ought to be looking at um, going for the best they can find in the international and there must it must be a prestige job for any internet uh, for any manager to be asked to be the England manager I would have said I mean, they missed yeah. a trick, didn't they? I mean, we were far too late for that now, but they missed a trick, really, in not having Alex Ferguson at some point in charge. There was always, back in our youth, it was always meant to be the, the best England manager there never was, was um, was Brian, wasn't it? Brian Clough. Um, oh, yeah. Do you remember Brian? I've seen him recently on some of these clips of World Cup panels of the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah. Who would you who would you go for internationally? Who would you? I mean, I guess in in the Premiership you've got um, Pep. I don't know whether Pep would leave City and manage. No, I don't think you, I don't think you would. Uh, Do you not think? I think you. We look at the obvious obvious suspects. Who's who's won with their countries? Who would be available? That's another way of doing it. Mm. Um, uh, and who would be happy to to take it on? Uh, I I can't. I think the very fact we're scratching our heads. There's there's not an obvious standout candidate, and that probably brings us back to your point that this is one of the reasons the FA, if mm. Southgate just decides not to to resign, will, yeah. would like to stay with him because uh, yeah. he's he's a he's a known quantity, isn't he? I mean, thinking about it again, what you were saying just now, one of the reasons why he might decide to go as well um, might be that, you know, if he goes after the European Championship, the, the Euros, it's not quite the same as leaving as after a World Cup, is it? That's well, true. You know, World Cup is the pinnacle. Then you're sort of stepping back again, aren't you, to leave after the Euros? Yeah, you are. So, yeah. But, but, if you look at the generation of players, it's difficult to ch compare generations, and you forget actually <laughs> who went before. But by and large, the the squad mm -hmm. of of the England players is a good squad, yeah. capable of winning tournaments. So I do think that um, I just like to see us be a bit braver, a bit more creative. But, but we've we've had all this before, guy. Haven't we? We've had the the golden generation. How many golden generations have we had now that? That are meant to be up to the there's there's something in the psyche that that that, that needs changing and it, you also to a certain degree I, I mean I love Southgate and I think he's a 
sophisticated tactician and I admire him for the way that he stood alongside and, and covered his players whenever anything's happened and stood by them. But you do wonder now and again whether you you do need somebody who, um, and maybe he's like that, but somebody who's a bit more fierce in the changing room behind closed doors and a bit more fire in the belly to a degree mm. whilst being the tactician at the same time. I mean, we talk about Ferguson just now. It, you know, there's no two ways that he didn't suffer fools gladly, did he? He was um, he was quite um, uh, quite a fiery character behind the scenes, and I think we need we need somebody, maybe somebody with a with a Latin temperament, who maybe can can push them, get that last ounce out of them. Um, because it didn't again it didn't seem I don't know what you thought the match on on Saturday it, it it didn't seem the last 10 minutes as though we were necessarily I don't know you, you'd feel if, if you were in that position that you'd really be desperate and, and but it seemed to just all fizzle out a bit didn't it it probably did I think came close with a couple of chances I think You've got to remember that there's pretty good quality opposition coming at you mm. from the other end. So the France are a very, very good team. They're world champions. So um, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, I just, I just hope that whether it is Southgate or someone else, we can find a way of being a little bit more creative uh, against the better teams and not having to rely on penalties mm. or free kicks, set pieces, you know, just to win the game in open play. And that that's what my wish. And, uh, you know, uh, whether that means that um, Southgate has to go or not, I don't know. But uh, so we time will tell. We haven't come up with a name then, have we, to replace No, I don't think we have. Go. I think we've been pretty hopeless, to be honest. That's probably why we're... <laughs> probably why we're not on the FA board what I want to know is you said that you looked away mm. when Harry Kane took the first <laughs> penalty did yeah. you watch for the second one no I looked away at the second one as well oh so we can't blame you then for watching no, the second you can't, one no you can't blame me I, I, I um, yeah I, I heard my other half shout oh Harry <laughs> <laughs> and that's how she I wasn't knew. watching Netflix, was she? <laughs> I think we'd rather been watching Netflix at that point. Um, so that's when I knew that something hadn't gone according to plan. Which, um, okay, yeah, yeah, it's um, the inevitability. Penalties will get us one way or the other, won't it? So I think going back to the important thing, we like to make decisions on this pod. I think. What we're saying is, we think Gareth should stay. Oh, I think Gareth, because we can't think of anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like backing from the fans, and that was nothing like backing. From the fans. <laughs> no, exactly. You've got a hundred percent support, Gareth, until we can find anybody better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's another one over with, I think, isn't it, for for this week? And. Um, We'll be back to scour the news agenda again, same time next week. We will. Okay, we'll take care. Yeah, and you. Take care, guy. Bye.